So, John, we are back with another week on Wall Street, and this week is getting off to a much better start than we ended last week. Last week, there was a lot of concern that was roiling the stock market as we had heard announcements from President Trump that he was going to be employing tariffs on both steel and aluminum. And this was a cause of concern for a lot of investors because while tariffs could help protect a specific industry, it tends to put a pseudo tax on the rest of the market that relies on those products. And you did a great job going through and talking about Ford and some of the other companies and how it could have an impact on those consumers of steel and those consumers of aluminum. Well, it looks like traders are starting to pull back a little bit from those concerns as we get started into trading here on Monday after having had the weekend to cool off and to look and see what types of statements have come out of the White House previously and what has been the track record of those statements actually coming to fruition and being implemented. And I think a lot of people are thinking that Republicans who, for the most part, are very much against tariffs and are for free trade may be able to hold sway in the White House and say this may not be the best approach for us. So we'll see this week, which is the week that President Trump said the tariffs were going to uh, be fully announced and implemented. We'll see if that happens. And for the time being, it looks like traders are not necessarily anticipating that we are going to see a full rollout of these tariffs, at least in the way at least in the way that they were being described last week. So we'll see how all that plays out. But for the most part, it does look like even with some of the concern about tariffs and potential trade wars, traders are looking at the market, they are looking at the economy, and they are anticipating that we are going to see some continued strength moving forward. We got a we got an economic announcement today from the Institute of Supply Management. It was their non-manufacturing PMI number, or the Purchasing Managers Index, and it came in right in line with expectations. It came in at 59.5. This is a nice, healthy number for the non-manufacturing PMI. It's one of the highest that we have seen in years. At the beginning of 2017, we were seeing the PMI for non-manufacturing hovering just below 58. So the fact that we are now hovering just below 60 is a great sign for us. It is showing some strength and the potential for future growth in the non-manufacturing sector. And this goes along with the strength that we have been seeing in the manufacturing sector as well. Now, we've got a lot of big economic announcements this week. We've got the ADP non-farm payrolls that are going to be coming out on Wednesday. And then, of course, as we look forward to Friday, we are going to see what the actual employment data looks like from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now, the reason this is so important it was is because it was just a month ago that these data came out and caused a bit of a sell-off on Wall Street when we saw that hourly wages had risen more than traders were anticipating, and it really sparked a lot of concerns about inflationary pressure leading to some contraction in the rate of economic growth that we may see here in the United States. But heading into these announcements, it's looking a lot like traders are confident that the economy is going to be able to continue growing and have enough underlying strength to be pushing the stock market back up higher as we see the S&P 500 moving back up above that key threshold of 2700 today. 
We are seeing that happen, interestingly enough, at the same time that the yield on the 10-year Treasury is climbing back up toward 2.9%. Uh, we could get a very nice bullish continuation pattern on the TNX, which is the yield on the 10-year Treasury. It hit a peak back in later February on the 21st when it rose up to a high of 2.94% and then it started to pull back. And right now, if we were to continue to see the yield on the 10-year Treasury moving back up above 2.9%, we would be completing a very nice broadening wedge bullish continuation pattern on the TNX, which would be a positive sign for those looking for yield growth. But interestingly, as we are seeing these yields rising, it's not having a bearish impact on equity prices because they had already pulled back. And as I mentioned, the S&P 500 is doing a nice job bouncing back up higher. The NASDAQ, which is tech heavy, is doing an exceptionally good job of bouncing back up higher. And even the Russell 2000, as we look at small cap stocks, is starting to make its way back up higher as well. So as we get started into this new week, which is going to be fairly heavy in terms of economic announcements. Uh, one that I forgot to announce that we talked a little bit about in Friday's podcast is the Bank of Japan is going to be releasing its monetary policy on Friday. Uh, so uh, we'll get a little more insight into what the Bank of Japan may be looking to do with its quantitative easing program that it announced it's probably going to be winding down beginning in April of 2019. But as we get all this data, it's going to help us uh, go a long way toward determining just how strong not only the U.S. economy is, but uh, how strong the global economy is because we get the Bank of Japan on Friday, we get the European Central Bank releasing its monetary policy on Thursday, we get the Bank of Canada releasing its monetary policy on Wednesday, and then uh, tonight in Australia we get the Reserve Bank of Australia releasing its monetary policy, which not only gives us some insight into how strong the Australian economy is, but it also gives us a little bit of insight into how uh, strong the Chinese economy is because the Australian economy with its raw materials is quite heavily dependent on strength in the Chinese economy because they ship a lot of raw materials directly from their mines to their ports and right over to China. So we're going to learn a lot about the strength of the global economy this week. And as we get started, at least, it looks like traders are excited about the news they may be getting. That's actually a good point, and it's surprising that we haven't seen a little bit more uh, maybe selling from some of the uncertainty that's out there. It just speaks to the strength of the underlying fundamentals. That's uh, at least what I suspect. One thing that seems to be probably helping the market today has been rising oil prices. And it, investors are doing a little bit of hedging, but uh, nothing too extreme. For example, I noticed that uh, although there have has been some tweeting and so forth about uh, tariffs and NAFTA being changed and, and such. Uh, the, in other words, the tariffs won't go into a, or won't be removed from imports of steel and aluminum from Canada until NAFTA is renegotiated. And the Canadian dollar has lost a little bit of value uh, following that announcement. It's hard to really draw a direct line there with cause and effect since the Canadian dollar had already been falling in value a bit. Uh, however, today it broke resistance. So it's uh, trading up above uh, 128.50. Uh, currently, as we record anyway, it's 129.75. What that means is that it basically costs a dollar thirty Canadian to buy a single U.S. dollar. So it's been weakening. It hasn't been uh, near parity for a long time, but it has been down as uh, as strong as a dollar twenty-two Canadian to the U.S. dollar, uh, even just in the in the last year. So it, it has been 
a lot better or a lot stronger. And that probably does have something to do with performance in the oil market as well as uncertainty around NAFTA. But you have to look at data like this and only assume that investors are really not all that concerned. They're doing a little bit of selling in the Canadian dollar. Uh, might not wind up being all that bad of a thing for the Canadian economy. Sometimes a cheaper currency can give you a little bit of a boost in your exports. And that certainly has been happening since February. Uh, additionally, I was very curious to see if we might get some more profound selling in Europe. The Italian elections were held. And uh, true to form, they were somewhat chaotic. The uh, Italian government, there's been a lot of them since uh, World War II. And it turns over a lot, so it's tough to maintain control in the Italian parliament. They do have a parliamentary system. So we're basically looking at some kind of a coalition to form. And interestingly, the, the most natural coalition that is obviously already formed is one that's characterized by very far right-wing uh, political parties, including Five Star, for example. For those of you that have been watching the news, know that an Italian comedian, uh, Beppe Grillo, has, uh, uh, was the founder of that party, although not the candidate this time around for prime minister. And it, the it, you put together Silvio Berlusconi's party as well as the uh, Five Star, and you're looking at about 37% of parliament being controlled by these uh, fairly right-wing uh, parties. Now, it, why do we care about that? Well, it, it's... Number one, it's not majority control, so they're going to have to make some kind of a deal. So think about what happened in Europe with having to form an alliance with the UDI, which was somewhat uh, distasteful to a lot of folks. And you can see that there's some imbalances. That it's going to create a little bit of uncertainty, and that's where I expected that we would uh, see maybe a little bit more selling in Europe. Maybe that could bleed over to North American markets. And in fact, earlier this morning, EWI, that's the symbol for the iShares Italian capped ETF, and it was actually down, but at least as we record, it's coming back up to roughly where it was on Friday. So investors just don't seem to be overly concerned with some of the things we might normally point to as a source of uncertainty. It looks like the underlying fundamentals that have been fairly positive are continuing to hold sway and leading investors to price in uh, higher valuations, at least in the short term. Of course, we'll keep you up to date on all of this here in the podcast. And as usual, if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics, please let us know by sending an email to podcasts at learningmarkets.com. And for those of you who've been joining us through iTunes, we really appreciate those positive reviews. Keep them coming.